welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. As always, I appreciate you for listening, downloading, and sharing the podcast with friends and family. So thank you so very much. And as we all know, 2017 is winding down with 2018 right around the corner. And inevitably, what starts to happen this time of the year, we all start to make promises for 2018. We start to make our New Year's resolutions, which is such like a overused term, right? But of course, one of the resolutions that most people make is they want to lose weight. And what most people decide to do is go on a diet the first couple weeks of the year, and then that diet kind of falls away. So instead of making it just a couple of weeks worth of a diet, I think we need to adopt a full lifestyle change. And on this episode, that's what we're going to talk about. So my guest is Daniel Thomas Hind. He and I met a couple months ago at Chris Winfield's Unfair Advantage event, which was awesome. And I got to meet such amazing people and can go on and on, but that's where Daniel and I met. So Daniel is the founder of Evolution Eat, a transformational weight loss and lifestyle fitness company designed to help overwhelmed folks solve their eating, food, and weight problems. Over the past few years, Daniel has specialized in helping busy executives and high performers who tend to have a tough time prioritizing their health over their jobs, businesses, careers, and families. Sounds like pretty much everyone I know. And here's the kicker. He's figured out how to make the process fun so that it lasts forever. Daniel says, most people know what's healthy for them. You don't need another diet guy on the internet to tell you what to eat. When it comes to emotional eating, stress eating, and all kinds of habitual overeating, you can't just give someone a diet and say, here, good luck. There's a lot more going on under the hood that influences our decision making, and there's a key distinction between someone trying a new diet for a few months and fully adopting a lifestyle as a way of being. Every week, tens of thousands of people read Daniel's material to learn how to use psychology, mindset, and healthy habits to live a more meaningful life. And Daniel has a free gift for all of you healthy, wealthy, and smart listeners. It's his Evolution Eat Starter Pack, which you can find at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com under this episode. So what did Daniel and I talk about? We talk about how to proactively take control of your lifestyle Daniel's food and exercise journey, which is really interesting, developing the right mindset for change, and how to set up a morning routine that powers the rest of your day. I used to not be a believer in these morning routine things, and now I totally am. I've been doing a specific morning routine all year this year, and my year has just exploded. Is it because of the morning routine? I think a little bit, yeah, because it sets you up for success at the beginning of your day. Daniel's morning routine is like out of control, but listen and you will find out what it is. So everybody, thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's episode. Hey, Daniel, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. And like I said in the intro, you and I met a couple of weeks ago at Chris Winfield's Unfair Advantage two-day event. So I'm wondering, what was your biggest takeaway from those two days? There's so many, first of all, but I would have to say just creating energy around yourself and around what you believe in, putting yourself 
out there. For example, I met Chris at an entrepreneur's dinner here in Los Angeles, where I live. Actually, we were in Santa Barbara, which for anybody who is from the West Coast, Santa Barbara is not close to Los Angeles. It's like a two-hour drive in, in, uh, during rush hour. And my business partner and I in my other company, we were like, should we go? Should we not go? We decided to go. We had an amazing time. We met Chris for the first time that night. Two weeks later, I'm in New York. I'm at Unfair Advantage. I meet all these amazing people, one of whom is you, which is now why I'm on the podcast. Um, and like from that event, not only have I made a bunch of awesome friends, um, but really meaningful business connections and relationships. Uh, Chris and I are partnering on a whole other project. Like I said, I'm on this podcast right now. You just never know. And I think often what we do is we get in our own way and we come up with reasons why we shouldn't do something out of fear or anxiety or, you know, a lot of logical reasons. Like it's a lot of effort to go from Los Angeles to New York. Um, but it's often when you lean into, lean into that edge that the most extraordinary things occur simply because you don't know how to predict for them. And, um, and so just, it was a reminder to myself, somebody who even being an entrepreneur and building businesses, et cetera, and working with clients on a daily basis has a tendency to self-isolate. The only child in me will forever exist. And so it's just a good reminder to put oneself out there and to create energy around your work and what you think is important in your life. Because if you don't, then nobody will. And so, yeah, I'm just super grateful that there are people like Chris who put events like that on and for people like you who are there so that we can do cool stuff like this. Yeah, I I love how you talked about that, creating that meaningful energy around yourself. And and what I got from that, uh, from the unfair advantage was the amount, and I use the same term actually, was it was so meaningful. Like it taught you that you have something meaningful to contribute to a group and that I thought the energy within the group, all of the people who are in the room, the experts, the people who were attendees, was just so electric and so positive. And it was, for me, incredibly motivating and showed me that I do actually have something meaningful to add, even to people who, in the beginning, I felt were so out of my league. <laughs> um, but that everybody has something to contribute. And I think that was a huge mind shift for me. So I'm forever grateful for that. Oh, hell yeah. Like there's something extraordinarily powerful about being in a room of experts, all of whom have their own niche and their own, um, their own focus. And then to speak your work and your beliefs and your ideas into that room and get their feedback. So getting an entire room's worth of feedback from experts in all their different fields. I mean, you know, it costs like, what, $2,000 or something like that to be there. But that alone is like $100,000 worth of value. Just getting all of that feedback about your work from these people who you look up to, who you aspire to, and, who, and whom are leaders in their chosen fields. Super, super powerful. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And with that being said, let's talk about what you're an expert in. So let's talk about <laughs> Evolution Eat and how that came about. So could you give the listeners a little background into why you decided to create this. Yeah, yeah, sure. So for context, um, 
Evolution Eats is my company. We are, how would I put it? We're a transformational weight loss and lifestyle coaching company. Um, and we focus specifically on helping overwhelmed individuals solve their eating, food, and weight problems. So over the past few years, I've personally specialized in helping you know, busy executives uh, and high performers who tend to have a really tough time prioritizing their health over their jobs, over their businesses, over their families, over their careers, specifically because these people are leaders in their in their worlds, in their universes that they've created. And if they're not showing up for themselves, then how much are not only they, but the world around them, the people who depend on them suffering as a result. And like heartbreaking to see is when these people come from a place of such love and responsibility uh, for all the things that they've created in their lives, but then they're not even showing up for themselves. Uh, so really what we work on is that prioritizing them. And while they think that they're going to sign up for like a weight loss program and help just working on their diet, which we do, of course, what we're really working on is helping them get their life back and then creating what their new life is from that point. So it's a lot of deep work and it starts with, you know, it starts with the nugget, like the, the, the nugget on top, the carrot on top of weight loss, but it goes way deeper than that. Yeah, so it sounds like you are kind of working with those kind of overwhelmed owners, you know, those yeah. people who put everything else before themselves or prioritize everything else before themselves. So yeah. how do you then get them out of that mindset of, I need sure. to do X, Y, and Z before I care about my health? Most people know what's healthy for them. They don't really need another guy on the internet to tell them like what to eat or what's healthy because when it comes to emotional eating, habitual eating, any type of over of, of like stressful overeating, you can't just give somebody a diet and say, here, good luck. There's a lot more going under the hood that influences our decision making and there's a, a, a huge distinction between somebody trying a new diet for a few months and then fully adopting a lifestyle as a way of being. And that's what I'm interested in, helping somebody go from diet to lifestyle. So from this thing that they're doing, a goal that they're looking for, like want to lose X number of pounds, to an express, to living in a place of like where their food and their diet, their food choices and their diet is an expression of themselves and the person that they want to be, which doesn't just last for a three month period, but for the rest of their life. And like the, why I come from that place is because, you know, your health is baseline. Your health is totally baseline. If you think, you know, back, let's go back to psych one-on-one for a second. Do you remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Well, of on, the on the bottom of that hierarchy is your physiology, is your health. So whether you're a high performer uh, or a stay-at-home mom or whatever, you're never going to reach your full potential if you're constantly battling yourself over your diet and feeling out of control in your relationship with food. And what I've learned over the years through my own struggles with food growing up that way, and I can talk about that, is that as I was saying before, it's not just about your diet. Like I could give anybody instructions and say, here, good luck. But 
they might be successful for a few weeks, a few months, but ultimately the same things in their life that's been keeping them down are going to show up and no diet, no instruction manual is going to solve for that. We need to go deeper. We need to understand what the true motivations are that's constantly influencing our decision making. And then from that place, we can create a lifestyle that supports our lifelong success, not just um, a a time distinguished weight goal, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And you had mentioned that you had some of your own struggles with food. So can, would you mind talking a little bit about that and how that dictates maybe what you do with your clients? Yeah, totally, totally, totally. So, (laughs) so despite what I look like now, I am a former fat Italian kid from Long Island. And, uh, while I'm no longer fat, I am definitely still Italian. You know, um, (laughs) in my family, food was love. Uh, and there was a lot of love growing up, if you know what I mean. My mom saturated me with love. I was an only child. I am an only child still. Um, I was very fortunate to have incredibly loving parents and the constant focus and attention of said parents, specifically my mother, Italian mother, um, she wanted to give her baby boy whatever he wanted so long as he was being a good boy. And, you know, I grew up with that understanding that food was love. And then both my parents worked. So I came home to an empty house most of the time and had to had to entertain myself. So food became entertainment. Food was like my friend. It was something that I could rely upon to make me feel good without fail. And I grew up that way, just like constantly looking to food to make me feel something, maybe because I was bored or I was lonely or I'd done well at school and I love food so much. So it was my chosen reward. Uh, I just loved it. And I felt I remember feeling that excitement every time that I would drive up to the McDonald's drive through, for example. And I know people know what I'm talking about when it was when they had the Monopoly board game and you would oh, like yeah. go at it. You would go out of your way. I'd be like, Mom, Dad, can I go like 10 times this week so that I can get more of the board game? You know, um, and so the result was that I grew up fat. I was a fat kid. I went to a Catholic high school. I wore the husky size. I'll never forget this. It was the first day of first grade, and my teacher called out our uniform called out each student to the front of the room to pick up their uniform. And not only did they call out the student, but they would go like, she went like Jenny, small, Nicholas, medium, Daniel, husky. (laughs) And, you know, like crushed is one way to put it. (laughs) Um, You know, and you pretend you're not, you you laugh along with your friends at your own embarrassment, but you, um, you learn to identify with that embarrassment when you're a fat kid. It's just something that you wear on a regular basis. And it really, it really hurt. And it changes the way that you relate to yourself and to others. So that was something that I was just well in tune with growing up. And then I could go on and on and on about my childhood. And I, and I, for the sake of, um, for the sake of timing, I won't, but what I learned over the over the course of my uh, teenage years and and you know college years and young adulthood, et cetera, was that even when I learned how to lose the weight and eat clean and 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 go to that place, the same issues that were with me from childhood, like 
having this emotional relationship with food, using it as a means of coping, using it as a mechanism to like feel relief or to feel reward or to feel good about something, to feel something at all, kept showing up. So no matter how clean I ate, no matter how strict I was with my diet, those same issues would show up in my life. And I realized that there was so much more going on here than like just going on another diet, for example, and that if we really want to get to the heart of this, then we have to look deeper. And, um, and so that brings me to like my mid twenties where I started coaching people and, um, coaching wasn't something that I chose to do. People just started asking me to help them with their diet because around 22 or so I, I adopted a paleo lifestyle and paleo now is like a marketing term that, that, that's like misrepresentative of its original ethos, which is just simply that we, you eat like your evolutionary ancestors did. Now it's like a, a, a catch all word for gluten free and, 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 and like all these sugar uh, additives just to, just to sell pro just to push product. But what I loved about it was that it was like, what did our evolutionary evolutionary ancestors eat? It made everything very simple to choose from. It's like, oh, was it born or grown on Earth? Great. Then it's probably okay to eat. And then from that place, you can figure out what your goals are and kind of fine tune from there. And I had never, I had never thought about nutrition growing up at all, um, as far as like it having an impact on me. Um, and in, even in college, when I started to really treat my exercise and health seriously i was exercising like seven times a week sometimes even going twice a day i was still you know like 30 pounds overweight and i couldn't figure out why and the reason was because one as we've determined i was i was like i'm an emotional eater two i was pretty addicted to food and i never th and i never thought about it that way and then three diets just don't work and so i would try to diet i would be successful i would then I would restrict so much to the fact that to the point that I would kind of yo-yo back and I would cycle in and out and in and out and in and out. And, um, and then the last part is that the food that we eat really does make a difference. And I just never looked into that before. So, uh, my own transformation gave me access to this whole new world of insight and information that people then started to come to me to like ask for help. And I, I was like, okay, I'll write you guides. And I started to write people guides and I was like writing myself guides and, and everything changed the day that one of my good friends who was, um, who was in finance uh, on Wall Street over there in New York, he came to me and he said, you know, I've tried everything and it's just not working. And I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on this. I really need somebody to coach me through the process. I need accountability. I need support. I need somebody to show up for me powerfully every single day so that I can follow through with my own intentions. And I said, all right. And then he put the money in my hand and he said, I'm going to pay you to do this. And I was like, all right. I had, and like a light bulb went off. I, I, I didn't know that that was allowed. I didn't know that mm -hmm. I come from an ac academic background. I was, um, I was an academic growing up. I went to a great private school in New York, Regis for anybody who knows who, who any of your New York audience out there, Regis high school, Jesuit school, mm -hmm. life, life changing, um, life changing. I went to Georgetown. I was going to become a lawyer. So I came from that whole background. But with that, I never learned how to, you know, I learned how to think. I learned how to become a thinker, but I was never taught 
and I never pursued, and this comes from my family as well, the idea of like being a self-starter. I was always just on the track, on mm-hmm. the track, track. And so the day that he put the money in my hand, I was like, I can make money from doing something for others that I've, that I only do, that I've since that I've up until now only done for myself. And then every, everything after that changed. Um, like, I don't even think I knew what an entrepreneur was up until that point. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that changed everything. And from there, I started to build the foundation of, of Evolution Eat and, and my personal practice and so forth. And so it sounds like, obviously, you had a huge shift in your mindset. Because you're an academic, I'm assuming you created a curriculum for others to follow. Yes. And that you weren't just picking things out of the air whenever it popped into your head. Can you give maybe a couple of tools or specific exercises that maybe people can follow um, if they're trying to kind of shift their mindset when it comes to their relationship with food? Mindset is really the first thing that I work on with my clients um, because it's going to, because your mindset sets you up for like, your approach and your relationship with anything at all. And so most people, most people approach their diet as with a fixed mindset. Like I have to do X, Y, Z in order to get X, in order to get ABC results. And there's no flexibility within that realm. It's like, it's very absolutist. It's very strict. And there's not much room for, um, for variation. So with a fixed mindset, somebody's gonna, somebody would be very likely to like push themselves because they've taught, they've, they've fixed their themselves to the idea that in order to be successful, they're going to need to restrict. They're going to need to, to exercise like five times a week. They're going to have to eat way less food and it's going to be a pretty painful experience and they're going to have to somehow muscle through instead with a growth mindset, we might look at how like unrealistic of an idea that is and how to like make small iterative steps that we can start right now versus kind of um, rubbing up against this impossible standard that you've never before uh, actually made work in your life. So one, so a metaphor that I like to use as far as like being healthy, eating healthily, I think of it as a skill that you develop and practice over time versus a goal that you accomplish. And with that, you can see that this is a long-term process and that success is going to be a long-term process just as if you were going to learn how to play the piano. So let's pretend that you know, maybe you had played the piano as a kid. You, you never really learned how to do it, but you, you have a familiarity with it. You're not a complete and utter novice, but you're now like ready to, to take it seriously again. Well, like if you w- actually wanted to learn how to do it, to develop that skill, you'd probably have to do a few things. You would probably have to hire an instructor or a coach or a mentor of some sort. You would have to meet regularly to practice. You would have to go home and study. You would have to study the music. You'd have to learn a new language. You'd have to come to practice. You'd have to make mistakes. You'd have to invest in those mistakes. You'd have to put your fingers on the keys and keep pressing them and pressing them and mess up and make mistakes and follow instruction and go home and practice, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you have to start making choices in life that support you practicing, right? In order for you to keep progressing. And embedded within that is the idea of failure and mistake and that being okay, that actually being crucial to the learning process. And in the very same way, I treat your health and your diet um, from that perspective. Because 
if you're a very busy person with a lot of responsibilities, you're not going to be able to have this perfect diet. You know, the illusion is that on the front end, we're going to say, oh, we're going to lose 30 pounds or we're going to be so perfect for the next three months. or We're going to exercise five days a week and it's going to be awesome. And then real life happens, right? Like maybe you're successful doing that for two weeks, but then real life happens and you have all of your responsibilities and you haven't trained any of those habits into your way of being. So the only way of doing that is through practicing and then making mistakes because you're going to probably overshoot. You're going to, um, you're going to run up against temptations and cravings and it's not, you're not a loser or a mess up or a failure for giving into the temptation because you're at a work event until 11 at night and you didn't eat dinner beforehand. And now you're eating like chips and, and, and candy and dessert and all that. You're not a failure. What that's taught you is that next time you better go eat dinner before you go to this unpredictable event. Right. And that's the sort of work and the sort of shift that we, that I take with my clients. Yeah, so it's it's I think it's important for people to know and and as a physical therapist I talked I see a lot of patients with persistent pain and I love the piano metaphor. I think I'm going to steal that for my patients. Steal um, it. Because it's it's something that I try and ingrain in them is that it is not a linear chart. No. You know, no, you, progress is goes, not linear. No way. Progress is not linear. It's not at linear. All. It's because you're a full human being with a lot of different cells and a, and a mind and and emotions and yeah. it, nothing is linear. If it first of all, if everything were linear, it would be a so boring, right? And b you'd be like a robot, right? It would be linear if you had no responsibilities in life, right? Like if you literally just sat home and focused on your diet or your or your or your physical therapy all day, right? Like. Sure, if you had literally nothing else in your life to attend to, maybe then your progress could be linear, but most of us live in the real world and yeah. your your clients, your patients live in New York City, you know, the busiest place on earth. I'm a New Yorker, I get it. I live in Los Angeles now, it's close to number 2. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on and there's so many variables that come our way that we can't predict for. So why treat the process with this absolutist fixed mentality? You're just setting yourself up for upset and overwhelm. So while it's less sexy to say, this is going to be like a six month or maybe God forbid a year long process where we really train the habits of you showing up for yourself. So like it's as simple as time management. Like, okay, are you going grocery shopping? Do you have healthy foods at home? Or are you always constantly reacting to the moment at hand? Like, do you ever go to work with lunch? figure it out beforehand? Or are you always just ordering because your colleague is doing it? You know, having that simple shift in awareness and mindset so that you're proactively taking control of situations, um, is often one of the, like, it's often 80% of the solution. Most of my clients just don't, they don't. And they use busy, you know, the idea the, I say busy in quotes and overwhelm as an excuse because it's really easy to hide behind that. And I get it because there's all these other responsibilities. It's like one more thing. I need to care about my diet. I need to like manage this. And the truth is, is that yes, you're going to have to put in effort. If it's important to you, then you're going to have to put in effort and I'm not going to sugar. I'm not going to pretend up like otherwise anything in life that's important to you requires effort. And Absolutely. that's not, that's not a bad thing, right? So if it is important to you, it's going to take some effort. What I what like working with me, what I try to do is make the process fun and enjoyable so that it doesn't feel like, you know, effort so that effort doesn't have to equal miserable time. That would be a fa an utter failure on my part. 
you put an effort on the front end so that you automate it and it becomes, a, again, this idea of a way of being, a lifestyle, an automatic way that you show up for yourself in the world without having to think about it, just like so that you have this lifestyle of health and support and success around your around these areas in which you need support in. And, you know, I... I hear you saying um, changing habits, changing habits. And, and I know a lot of anything in life, um, if you want to move to maybe something more positive, or I guess if you want to do something more negative, but it all kind of, <laughs> I don't know why you'd want to do that, but right. it, all, it all comes down to kind of changing your way of being or changing your habits. And mm -hmm. so one thing that I know is that it's hard for, the, for us humans to change 10 million habits at once. So mm -hmm. it's easier to change one thing at a time. So I'm wondering, yep. is this how you kind of focus your work with your clients, kind of taking one thing at a time so that they aren't so overwhelmed? Yes. Awesome question. And yes, absolutely. And it, so it, I'll speak generally and then I'll speak like I'll, I'll speak more specifically to, to different individuals. But um, one thing that I love to do and I offer this, I have a, a six month group coaching program in which we literally just focus on one habit at a time. And one habit is a diet habit for one week. And then the next week we focus on a new lifestyle habit and we focus on one thing at a time. And after six months, what you notice is that, holy shit, everything's different because it gives you opportunity to focus on one thing at a time, master it, lock it into place, and then iterate on that. So it's not like you're forgetting that one, the first one, now that's in place, now we can focus on something else. And it's not just focusing on your diet, it's focusing on your life as well. So for example, what I like to start with is focusing on, let's get breakfast right. Let's get breakfast right, and just for a week, only get breakfast and only care about breakfast. If you get lunch and dinner right, great, but you're not failing if you don't, you're not a loser, nothing is broken, nothing is lost, just, you don't have to exercise, let's just get breakfast right for a week, great. And then the next week, now that we've got breakfast, we've got familiarity with that, because there's a lot implied in that. It means you have to either have gone food shopping so that you have something healthy at home, or you have a place that you're stopping on on the way to the office, or you know where you're ordering from, and that just becomes a ritual, right? And then the next week, we'll focus on, like, what's your morning routine? So, like, even if it's five minutes, something that you do for yourself every day so that you're not waking up reacting to the day, but you're actually proactively setting yourself up for, like, choice. Like, uh, I have choice over the way that I enter into the day. It's an empowered way of starting. So, for example, even just, like... Well, what do you do? What's your morning routine? Oh, you want to talk about my morning routine? Yeah, what's your morning routine? How do you show up and empower yourself <sighs> in the morning? My morning routine is all right. It's, it's we have to distinguish like the the this the scale of just starting and you know wherever I'm at. I hired a coach a year and a half ago to train me into becoming a morning person. I'm by nature a night owl, but um, working on two businesses and having a bunch of clients and just doing all the stuff that I'm doing that wasn't that wasn't uh, a healthy or scalable model. So I wanted to become a morning person. I have the the privilege of living here in Santa Monica. I'm a few weeks, a few blocks away from the beach. Every morning, I wake up at 4:45. I get out of bed the, the second that the that the alarm goes off. I text my coach. I say I'm up. I look in the mirror. I start to cry for about 10 seconds before, like, I put myself together, and then I run down to the beachfront, which I have to like. There's a highway in between Pacific Coast Highway for any West Coasters. I have to run over the, the, the Pacific Coast Highway and then run down to the beach, run on the sand, run to the shore. 
I, I kneel down in front of the, the ocean front. Literally, the, the water is like breaking right in front of me. It's dark. I meditate for 20 minutes in front of the star, uh, under the stars and the moon that are still out. And then I jump in the water. And I got to tell morning. you. Every morning. Every weekday morning. I take the weekends off to, to sleep in a little bit. But um, every weekday morning, I start the day this way. And I'll tell you what, it's no, it's November now where I'm going to, I'm dating this. It's November right now. Mm -hmm. It is getting, it's up until this week, it was super dark, like pitch black and freezing cold. So imagine there's nobody around. You're entering into the water. It's cold. You can't see, like you can't even see the waves breaking at you. It's terrifying. But I start each and every day that way because um, well, one, I just decided that that's like something that I want to do for myself. But like it hit for me, it hits on a number of things like overcoming fear at the first thing of the day. Getting into that water is so exhilarating. Okay. So any, any bullshit that you bring with you into the day, and believe me, when you're, when it's like that early in the morning, I wake up with all the anxieties that every, anybody else has, but all of that, that you bring with you, the second you enter into that water and the cold just like tenses you up, it completely breaks and washes away. And what this routine does for me is two things. The first is that even though I do this very elaborate thing where I run down and I make a whole morning of it, if simply jumping into like cold water could change everything, my entire state of being and like my relationship with myself and my thoughts and anxieties and all that can go away by me essentially just jumping into cold water, then what a, like, what a flimsy idea of like being frustrated and agitation and anxiety in general, right? So like I, it just puts me in an empowered place of saying, oh, I have choice over the way that I feel and over the thoughts that I have. And, um, you know, I'm the sort of person who will get up for himself and go jump in the water and do this crazy, you know, like splash around like a lunatic at five o'clock in the morning. I mean, I can certainly, I can appreciate that. Obviously I can't do that here in New York, nor would I do it in California. I'd be afraid like I would get (laughs) murdered every morning. Like literally every single morning, I would be afraid I would get murdered or mugged. No murderers. There are homeless people who like, so the only other people who are on the beach at that time are homeless people, but they're not looking to, uh, to murder or mug anybody. They're sleeping. They're They're definitely not going to get in the water with you. At least, you know, I don't want to speak for all the homeless people here in Santa Monica, but they haven't, I've been doing this for nearly two years now and they haven't, uh, they haven't done it yet. I think the lesson here is you get up, you have a routine, you do it consistently, whatever that routine may be, and it will help you show up for your day in a more positive way with a clearer head and be able to kind of tackle the day. So whether it be jump in the Pacific Ocean (laughs) or go to the gym or journal really quick or make your bed or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it may be, as long as you're doing something that kind of starts your day off with a win, I think it's important. I, uh, exactly. So I, I, I wouldn't, for anybody who's interested in creating a morning routine for themselves, again, don't shoot for perfect. Don't shoot for what I've done. I've invested thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into a coach simply so that I can wake up early and that he's on my ass to make sure that I do it. And it's been, it's t- it took me a long time to get to that place. Yeah. Um, simply doing something for five minutes for yourself, whether it's journaling, whether it's meditating, whether it's just making coffee and instead of sipping it right, like hurriedly in your kitchen, going outside, sitting on your front stoop, just looking at 
the building across the way or the sky. I mean, it's as simple as that. And it sounds kind of hokey and probably very L.A. of me. And all my all my New York friends are like, who the hell are you, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Avocado Awareness Man over there now? But like it's it, you know, it's um, it's a choice. You can either wake up and start reacting to the day or you can wake up on your terms and five minutes alone. And you do that consistently. You basically prove to yourself that you're the sort of person who can make that choice for themselves and then who can follow through on that choice. You can follow through on that intention. Oftentimes we live in our, in our heads, in our ideals. And we say, I wish I would do that. I should do this. I wish I could do that. And then the wishing has us live in these absolutes, these like very far off places. Like I wish I was 50 pounds lighter. I wish I was 30 pounds lighter versus you know, what can I actually do for myself right now? Can I, am I the sort of person who's going to make the healthy breakfast choice? Or am I going to wake up five minutes earlier so that I can, you know, meditate or journal for a second or like set my intentions for the day, right? Yeah. And it's, it has to start there. You can't start with the big impossible goal. Yeah. Because you yeah. have to have the, you have to have the tools and habits in place in order to get there. And that's what we work on. That's what the sort of work that I do with eating habits and lifestyle choices yeah. and, and diet and, and fitness in general. And that I think that makes so much sense because you want to show up for yourself in a positive way once a day, at least. So if you can do that in the morning, you're kind of starting your day off on a positive note. And, you know, as you were talking about jumping to the ocean, I'm like, can you imagine if people are listening to this and they're like, that's an awesome idea. And so, like, <laughs> you'll go down the morning, there'll be, like, a whole bunch of other people. It's like, <laughs> I don't know if you watched Seinfeld. Like, remember when um, Kramer was, like, swimming in the East River because it helped his back and then everybody else jumped in and helping their back? Yeah, I, you're bringing me – I so the one ritual that I had with my family, we would watch Seinfeld together every Thursday growing up because that was the most popular show growing uh -huh. up. Yes, I – I, everybody who's listening, go an hour later, please. Don't do, don't, don't do the Kramer effect on me, please. Uh, hilarious. I, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm right by the promenade in, uh, in Santa Monica, the third street promenade. It's a pretty, it's a pretty popular area. Uh -huh. Well, now they know. Now um, they know. I mean, <laughs> you know, know. I, I invite them. If, if, if that means more people are, are kicking ass if they're going to, if they're going to be doing that. So come on down. We're starting it at 5am by the time I get there. Let's do it. Cool. Well, I love, you know, we have a few minutes here, but I just, you know, from what I've kind of got from this is that it's in, in working to lose weight and in working to better yourself. It's more about having good systems in place and good habits in place versus setting those hard stop goals. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. A goal, having a goal is great, but it's a place to come from, not a place to get to. And I think that that's what a lot of people get tripped up on. It's like, I'm going to lose 30 pounds, which is great. Like if you have 30 pounds to lose, I encourage you to lose those 30 pounds. But what we often say to ourselves is I'm going to get to that place. And then like we live in this make-believe future. And then if we do get there, it's like, well, what happens after that? You know, we haven't yes. defined that. We haven't yeah. defined that. Often we'll make, and like with dieting, for example, we'll often make choices that sacrifice our best interest in order to reach that end goal, which is at odds with learning and adopt and full adoption in general. So it, having a goal is great, but it's a place to come from. I'm the sort of person who makes choices for myself to lose 30 pounds versus I have to lose 30 pounds. There's a distinction there and it's, it's subtle, but it's, Basically, like living from a place of practice and process versus from a place of 
fixed mindset and goal aspiration. Yeah, absolutely. And I love, I love um, goals are a place to come from, not to go to, which I think is great. If only we could use that in the PT world and get reimbursed for it, that would be amazing. <laughs> um, but I do love that. And I think it's a great thing to impart on anybody that you're working with, any kind of client, regardless of industry. Because, you know, when you sit down with someone as a coach or a therapist, the first thing we ask is, so what are your goals? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That's it. Yeah. No question. Yeah. Right. They have to be yep. smart. They have to be, you know, measurable, attainable, uh, realistic and timely. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now I'm thinking, well, does it? Maybe there can be some leeway. You know, there can be a, a mindset shift around what does that goal mean and what does that time frame mean? And, and if it's not meaningful, mm-hmm. then you're kind of wasting your time. Yeah, and what would it be like? Like, who are you in the world if you're the if you're a person coming from that place, showing up for yourself that way every day, right? So, like, that's a different way of addressing it. You might get to the same endpoint anyways, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But the point is that it, there is no endpoint, right? It's like, what happens after you lose the thirty pounds? Well, your life continues, and you know you probably want to continue from that place. You probably won't want to gain it back. So, you're going to have to be the sort of person who keeps showing up for him or herself living healthily, eating healthily, doing all the same stuff. It's not like, okay, now I get to go back to the old habits. That, that wouldn't make any sense, right? So that's not, that's not your goal. Your goal is to live from that place always for the rest of your life. All right. So we have one question left. It's a question I ask everybody who comes onto the podcast. And mm-hmm. that is, knowing where you are in your life and your career, what advice would you give to yourself as a new grad from college, fresh out of your Jesuit uh, college of <laughs> Georgetown. Fresh out of Georgetown. My God, those were some, Georgetown was great. I love the Jesuits, but those were some uncomfortable times. What would I tell myself then? What would I tell myself if I'm speaking from this perspective, talking back then? Um, I would say two things. I would say work on a project that is only meaningful to you. So work on, like, create a year-long project for yourself. You don't have to make money from it. The project could be anything. It could be traveling the world. It could be working on a novel. It could be learning an instrument. It could be learning a skill. It could be learning a craft. Work on a project and follow through with it for one year's time. And the project has to be meaningful to you. At the same time, make money. So like, get a job and make money for yourself. So like, I don't care what job it is. I don't care if you're, you know, if you're, if you're serving, uh, if you're serving people their food or if you're working at an agency or if you're whatever, make money, but don't only focus on making money and work on something that you're passionate about, but don't only focus on that because what I did as a, as a, as a young, as a young 20 year old was like live in this place of idealization and absolutes where I was like, oh, I want to be an author or, oh, I want to be an artist or, oh, I want to be this or that. And because I, I fixed my, there's this word again, fixed, mm-hmm. I fixed my, I fixed my identity to that aspiration. I basically removed the possibility of doing anything to, to, to follow through with it because I was so far removed from the end goal. So like, I've always wanted to write novels. Like that's still my, my passion in life is to just, you know, to, to write novels, to be a novelist. And now I know what the path would be to get there. And I'm, I've actually created a, like an hour in my mornings, every morning where I'm like writing fiction without any pressure to, to like be a famous author or whatever. I'm just writing. Right. 
to create those habits and that sensibility early on. Do something that's really important for yourself and also learn how to take care of yourself and do them at the same time. They're actually not at odds with each other. They support each other. And when you're showing up that way for yourself in both areas, then you can start to, you, you really start to see that there's all this room for growth and p- potential that I completely removed myself from uh, back then. And that was really unfortunate. Yeah, I think that's great advice, and thank you for sharing that with everyone. And now, how can people get in touch with you if they want to find more info about you and about Evolution Eat? Totally. So you can find all the uh, you can you can find all the information about my company at evolutioneats.com. That's the word evolution, and then e a t like eats.com. Um, I offer. I offer various online coaching programs and I also offer one-on-one mentoring coaching, which I've been talking about a little bit today. Um, if you, if you're interested in either of those, or you just want to just shoot me some of your thoughts, then I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me directly at Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L at evolutioneats.com and just put healthy, wealthy, smart in the subject line so that I, I and my assistant can, uh, can flag you down. Yeah, I, I really love all the feedback. I love to talk about this stuff. It's pretty much what I live for at this point. And, um, and I really am here to help. So if you have any, any thoughts, any ideas, any questions, definitely reach out to me. Shoot me an email and we'll have a conversation. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all this great information, sharing story about yourself too, because I know that's not easy to do. So thanks so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you, Karen. I'm so appreciative of our uh, of our getting to know each other at Chris's event at Unfair Advantage. And um, yeah, I just love the work that you do in the world. Thank you for taking the time. You know, it's we were joking about it before the podcast started, but you're creating the time on a Monday night at 9.15 after a full day of work to make this sort of thing happen. And that's because it's something that you really care about. And nobody's telling you to do this. Nope. This is completely because you love it. Like, you're, you, it takes a lot of effort to put this together. It takes a lot of energy. It's getting late into the night. And um, that's the sort of, you know, that's the sort of entrepreneurial spirit that you need in order to create a life that's meaningful to you. So thank you for putting yourself out there and making it happen. Thank you. Thank you so much. And to everybody listening, we both want to thank you. And don't forget, you can get, we'll have all of the links that Daniel spoke about and links directly to him at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com under this podcast. So one click, we'll get straight to Daniel. And um, again, everybody, thanks so much for listening. Have a great week and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.